hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Lump Penknife. Not Who Back When, although it probably should be because that is a terrific podcast. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not even going to give you a chance to talk. Sorry. I am still here with the marvellous Leon. Say hello, Leon. Hello. <laughs> I'm really finding the urge not to say hello, Leon, by the way, whenever you say that. So someone does that at least once a story. Okay. It, I know. That's I mean, why I'm finding the urge. It got old really quick and now it's just become a dreadful running gag. <laughs> like every doesn't every podcast have a, like one running gag that that persists what's yours uh how dare you suggest that we certainly have none over at who back when <laughs> seven years i bet you have yeah well there's the dog past oh yes yeah because that yeah. wasn't there at the beginning was it it was there from the beginning. That's the. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to derail us no, from the stars and talk it. about dog parts. Like that's the one thing that I don't get about my co-host because, like, I, 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 there's been a a broad spectrum of <laughs> of reactions to the term dog past, and it ranging from just the worst joke ever <laughs> to. No, that's pretty much on point. Like, it's never been great, but it's been like, yeah, that's relevant. Do you know what I love about that is I think when you first started saying that, people were like, oh, God. Oh, Literally, like, wrong. on mic, and now those same people are going, oh, like, on the scene. And the past. <laughs> Figure it's literally become embedded as part of the podcast. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Oh, and the Beast Cow. And, oh, man, I can talk about who back when something counts. By the way, thank you very much for having me on board. It's a pleasure. Do you want to watch some more Tom Baker? Oh, do I ever? What is this, part three? <laughs> this is part three. And so we're, we are moving across it. And I have some trivia about this, actually. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press play. And then I'm okay. going to tell you. In five, four, three, two, one. So you may notice that mm -hmm. we have a huge shift of location now. So we spent the first two episodes in Antarctica. And now we head off to like an English country manor for the rest of the story. Yeah. There is a reason for that, or there is a reason why this was written this way. And that is at the time, Doctor Who was made two episodes at a time. And so they would, they would specifically write for sets to be available for those two episodes. And if you, what? yeah, if you go through the Tom Baker era, you will see more examples of this where in a four part story, You've got a location in the first half of the story, and then it shifts to another in the latter half of the story. So they were they were actually incredible. writing the show. I have no idea. Around well, they're basically writing the show for the economics. Yeah, you know what? Fair enough, because it's a production, it's a business, it has to it has to run. But so does this continue through Fifth Doctor, Sixth Doctor, and so on and so forth, or is this um, just in this particular era? I think like the whole way of filming it changed um, when when it hit the eighties. You can you can oh, actually okay. I think you can see it when when you hit Tom Baker's last season, it looks distinctly different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even the cameras have shoulder pads. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it, it looks, it has that sheen, that 80s sheen. Oh, I mean, you haven't even gone into the 80s camp period yet. Oh, I can't wait for you to get there. I'm so looking forward to it. There's one character in particular that I'm looking forward to meeting, and that's Ace. Oh, oh yes. Oh, no, I'm more excited about you hitting Bonnie Langford. Not literally hitting Bonnie Langford, but reaching Bonnie Langford. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'll bear that in mind. Poor Bonnie. Do you think they were saying to Elizabeth Sladen here now, look, don't step 
too like thickly on this grass because you'll move the and we'll see there is in fact grass there <laughs> i think very very possibly oh, that's <laughs> clearly polystyrene up his nose isn't it oh definitely but i'm okay with that <laughs> what, what i don't fully understand is why the people who just came to their rescue are from south bend well didn't they say that there was a storm uh, uh brewing which is why they couldn't get through that's yeah, but why South Bend is not the closest place to the Antarctic. Like, oh, but if I'm geographically the Earth challenged. Is at stake. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You should have the, the full forces of UNIT coming in to rescue them, you know? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's another interesting thing, isn't it? That uh, UNIT does appear in this story later on. Yeah. But, but the, none of the regulars. Do you know why that is? I, uh, elucidate me. I, I feel like I may have read something or I may remember something from when we reviewed this on Who Back When, but it, yeah, no, go for it. So they asked Nicholas Courtney um, to come back as the Brigadier in both the Android Invasion earlier on in this season and for this one, but because he didn't have a regular part anymore, because he was being offered like extended periods in the theatre, he went, no, you're all right. <laughs> Two episodes of Doctor Who or six months in the theatre, you know, like. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. You're going to pay rent. But the trouble is then they, they throw in these, like, these random unit characters that we've never heard of before, you know? <laughs> I like that they still try to justify it in some way. They're like, oh, where's the Brigadier? Oh, he's in Geneva. Or he's whatever it is that he's doing at the moment, you know? I think in this I one like they that. say he's in Peru or something like that. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> what's he doing? That's very possible. Who knows? Oh, oh this is your mental cost. So now, okay, so what, what's this guy's name again? I keep forgetting. What's his face? Bureaucrat McGee. Harrison Chase. Oh, Harrison no. Chase. No, He's the other guy. Dunbar. Uh, Dunbar. Dunbar. Yeah. Dunbar is like, all right, listen. I've given you the secret location of the seed pods. I've taken your money. I've sold out Queen and Country. Oh, I don't like what you're up to. <laughs> <laughs> some point there must have been an introduction like what happened before this you know like what happened before the oh, he, oh, he says here the mind. tom baker's well uh, also tom baker just had a chair on his head so that is an exact know, example of what i was talking about why don't i just have a chair on my head you know <laughs> yeah he carries in a chair he puts it down he doesn't sit in it and, <laughs> but he and has a... this incredible anger from him yeah, he's yeah. so angry he punches through um the the reason why Dunbar's done this brilliantly, he goes, What is it? Greed, greed. Yeah, hired thugs and killers don't usually work for love. Oh, he's just <laughs> brilliant. No, he's fantastic. He has Dunbar the... is very good at maintaining a poker face here though. I, I want to give him credit for that because he is guilty as sin. And Doc is basically explaining to the other chap to not the brigadier, to Nagels. Uh, that's, like, <laughs> that's a running joke. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Bagels. Yeah, uh, not ours, by the way. That was somewhere in podcast land. Thought of but it, yeah, I mean, he's he's basically describing what Dunbar has done. And look at Dunbar. He's just there. Like his great temples are barely twitching. If that was you, just... I mean, I would be a hot, sweaty mess in that room. Me too. Yeah, me too. Underneath the desk, his leg is clearly wobbling like crazy. Okay, so I, I've so you're in Peter Davison's time at the moment, yeah. And so I'm going to ask uh, to contrast Peter Davison against Tom Baker because I oh. think 
Tom Baker, when he's in the room, yeah, yep. that's all you're going to look at. He is going to pull Absolutely. focus and be the authority figure in every room all the time. That's not the case with Peter Davison, is it? He can kind of blend into the background and let other actors have their moments. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're still very much in the starting phase of Davison on Hubert Gwen, so I, I don't have that much experience of him, but it seems as though every single time he's on screen, my go-to reaction is to think, I hope the plot goes somewhere. <laughs> Davison himself doesn't bring necessarily a, a lot of gravitas to the scene. He is great. He's phenomenal. He was fantastic in Earthshock. Loved him in Earthshock. But he is a character, as in he as the Doctor, he, just you just doesn't... you just can't imagine him like um, dominating in the way that Tom Baker does here, can you? Right, yeah, he's not a leading man. That's it. There we go. And I don't think anyone's well, actually Tom said Baker that out loud him. before. He's basically like supporting character in his own show. I'm so sorry. Oh, Peter Davison, I'm assuming you listen to this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, let's be honest, if Tom Baker's around, there's no other character. He is definitely the the, That's the, it, yeah. the main character. It might also be that Tom Baker is just so weird as the Doctor. You know, he he is... This is also another thing that it's certainly not my opinion. Like, I mean, it's also my opinion, but it's certainly I'm not original in saying this. A lot of people have pointed out that he, as the Doctor, is supremely alien, mm. whereas everyone else is just a variation of human. And maybe that's it. So when he's on screen, your your attention is focused on this alien being, on this 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 character who is not expected to be in a quarry somewhere in England. By the way, we're in a quarry. Oh, I know, right. I, I was just watching this sequence, okay? This is really dynamically directed. Like, I, I, you wouldn't, I wouldn't always point at a classic Doctor Who and say, this is dynamic. But this is, this is good action. It is, yeah. He's shot from below, he's shot from above. There's, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot happening. Leon, you know who's coming now, don't you? My oh, I do. But first, we need to... Yeah, here we go. So, so not only does Sarah Jane Smith find a painting, a beautifully framed painting in the boot of this car, but she like instantly recognises it as being drawn yes. or painted by one of the world's leadest flower artists. Did she do an Quote. interview with her? It's back to what I was saying earlier. She's interviewed everybody. Oh, there you go. That's, there that is go. what it is. <laughs> but okay, so I have a I have a um, a dream show that I wish had um, made it to the airwaves in the seventies, and it's okay. called the Number One Eccentric Old Ladies Detective Agency. And oh, I love it. Amelia Ducart is obviously one of the main stars of this. Absolutely. Along with <laughs> Amelia Rumford from The Stones of Blood. Do you remember the professor from that one? The old woman yes, of professor. Course I do. Yes. So she's in it as well. Um, I've got a whole list of like mad batty old women. <laughs> I mean, I think they'd be brilliant. So it's, it's like uh, what's it called? Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> but but they solve crime. <laughs> and they're all batshit crazy. Love it. I'm I'm on board. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she here. I, 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 do you remember later on? You basically answered like... a question that I was going to ask you. I literally have. I've taken precious little notes for this, <laughs> this podcast recording, by the way. But among them is literally asking you what you would think her spin-off, Ducat's spin-off. There it is. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I think you nailed it. And I think Tom Baker can occasionally guest star as the Doctor in that. Yeah, just kind of cemented in the same universe. I, later on, when she's uh, sent on a mission by... The World Ecology Bureau. And do you remember, she's like, 
what's it? I manned an ACAC gun at Folkestone or something. She says, consider me available for any further assignments. Oh, no <laughs> yes, way. Exactly. The best line she has is, what is it? Um, invent a code word. They love that. What about Operation yeah. Nuthouse? Yes, Nuthouse, exactly. It's so good. <laughs> she is very funny. <laughs> no, she is fantastic. And she's so brave to be doing this, by the way. That's really quite something. Well done. Well done, Ducart. And Ducart and Dockets, that same joke. This is this is the uh, Buckets bouquet oh, joke yeah, of yeah, yeah, uh, keeping yeah, yeah. up appearances. Of the 70s. You know? yeah. It's very good. Love it. It's Ducar, actually. Yes, it's, oh, yes, of course, it's Ducar. <laughs> Love that she smokes cigarettes. Oh, Every man. time I see her smoke a cigarette, I just want to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> So unbelievably, right, the uh-huh. producer wrote the, the target novelization of this story. So every story the was novelized. Okay. Pro- yeah, weirdly, but yeah. And yeah. It's, it's not the best prose in the world, I'll be honest. He excised all of her scenes. Uh, what? I know, right. I think that's, I think I think he wanted it to be very nonsense. serious, you know, like a very serious book. Oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm very sorry to hear that. She provides exactly the right level of comic sidekick or comic sidekickery that oh. you need in this serial. If she, because otherwise you don't have any yeah, comic. No, there wouldn't you know, be anything with there. There wouldn't be any any sort of funny material at all. Exactly, and you need someone like I mean, if let's say that this were a because there are elements of we already talked about uh, Chase being kind of the Bond villain, so there are elements of that kind of story, and normally you would have the comic sidekick or the comic relief coming from someone like Q. That's right. But there yeah. is no such character here. So there's no one on the good guy's side other than Ducart slash Ducket who who is fun. And there's no one on the bad guy's side who, you know, trips and falls and maybe yeah, is a little slapsticky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they really are. They're going for quite a serious tone overall. Exactly. Right? And yeah. the doctor so was... remove her from the equation. Who wants to no, I don't want to read that. He can be witty, the doctor. But he kind of he's the one that has to kind of really let us know how serious this is, you know. That's true. But even if if I'm sorry, I'm going to continue the Bond uh, parallel. So even Bond has his witticisms. He has his incredibly yeah. 007 one-liners, right? But you still have characters like Q, or eventually you will get to him. I can't remember what his name is now. Like the American sheriff from uh, uh, Live and Let Die, and I can't remember what else he's okay. in. Like, I mean, you'll get to it. You'll get to it. Uh, enjoy. Well, there was okay in the film I watched the other day. He he threw a henchman into a pool of piranhas, and then yeah. had some dreadful pun about that. Well, I'm telling Perfect. you now, the, the very next Doctor that you're going to experience after Peter Davison, they tried to emulate this. So, in moments of extreme violence, he drops some pretty dreadful puns, and it went down. Like, I'm on uh, board. It went down like a cup of cold sick. Nobody likes him at all. <laughs> cup of cold sick sounds delicious, by the way. Oh, James, he's actually my favourite. He's my favourite, and he's everybody's least favourite, so that's just me. Really? Okay, well, I, I look forward to getting to that. Here's a question for you, because you know this so much better than I do. So mm-hmm. we don't, in New Who, certainly, we don't see that much of the Doctor infiltrating anything in disguise. We got to see that with Pertwee, like yeah. including with Pertwee and Drag a couple of times for like cheap laughs. <laughs> but we don't really get to see that 
in New Who so much. A, what do you think that is? B, do we get more of it in Classic Who post this point? Not really, actually, do you know? Because, really? well, there's an interesting thing about those later Doctors. Um, yeah. Peter Davison, Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy, they were all hired by the same producer. So from Tom okay. Baker's last season, right the way through to Sylvester McCoy, so the end of the classic series, it's all one producer. And he liked this idea of the Doctor being like in a, not a uniform, but a distinctive sort of clothes. Right, okay. So you don't really get much of, there's a there's one story that Colin Baker, he, he dresses up as a miner and gets out of that dreadful coat. Um, but, but not <laughs> so much, no. And I don't know why that is in the new series, because it's really fun. It is, like, you... and it allows a character who is, I mean, the Doctor certainly as a character is not one note at all no. in any way, but it allows that character to explore, or the actor portraying that character to explore something radically different, even if only for, let's say, five minutes. There was, and that's um, fun. That's always the, fun. Like, so, God, some of my favourite moments. I remember in uh, Patrick Trouton's last story, The War Games, where he, yeah. he pretends that he's the commandant of like a and he just goes for it. He's like, how dare you treat me? Like, and he's really good. And I remember John Pertwee dressing up as like the old washerwoman in the Green Death. In the Green Death? He's like, yeah. oh, yes, lovely, lovely. You know, like this dreadful yeah, yeah. Welsh accent. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, yeah, They so they kind of do drop it. Late Tom Baker. Oh, that's a bit of a bit Sad of a times. Pity, say. Yeah. But then I think the show lost its sense of humour in the 80s. I think I think it was oh, funny. No. It was funnier really? at sort of this point, and then late late Tom Baker was very funny. Think of City of Death, like that. Yeah, was, silly, the, City the, of Death is so incredibly silly. It's it's wonderfully whimsical and witty, though, isn't it? It's like it's so. Witty. Oh yeah. Look at this dude, Hargreaves. Oh, the. Now, have the... you ever had a more sinister butler name than Hargreaves? Oh, I have another bit of trivia for you. Good grief. Oh, I, I nice. hear it. Firing left, right, and centre here. So the guy <laughs> who plays Hargreaves. Yeah. And I can't remember his name, but never mind. I think it's Seymour Green. I think that's his name. So this is widely considered one of, if not the best Doctor Who story. Yeah. Across yeah. Classic oh, Who. Definitely. There's a story that you will experience later on called The Twin Dilemma. And right, that's widely okay. considered the worst Doctor Who story of all time. And it I very often... Wait. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Seymour Green is also in The Twin Dilemma. <gasps> so he appears in the best and the worst. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, don't tell me. I hope he plays a butler in that as well. <laughs> he does! <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> but it's, he's an alien butler, so you might not recognise him. I cannot wait. Wait, which Doctor is that? When is that? Yeah, that's Colin Baker. You're not too far away, actually. That's fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, dear. I just, honestly, God, you've got some gems to get to. Oh, listen to him playing his dreadful music. I know, it's gross. It reminds me a bit of Ross in Friends, you know. We have that dreadful keyboard. Oh, I see. <laughs> Listen to this line. I mean, that's the campus thing I could think of. I could play all day in my green cathedral. Yeah, but like, what is he playing? <laughs> I would be happy for him to play anything and to call that venue his green cathedral, even though that's, I mean, that's 
that's a little naff. I mean, he but, calls it his Floriana Requiem, so I'm assuming it's like music of the plants. Yeah, and it's dedicated to um, uh, Linnaeus. Yeah, who is that? Uh, Linnaeus, Carl von Linnaeus. Um, I only know this because I grew up in Sweden. So Carl von Linnaeus, uh, he was a, a botanist, and and um, it, most of the, well, I don't know, I, I, maybe I'm exaggerating, but a lot of the Latin names for flowers that you encounter in botany and in biology, he named them. So he he established this. Okay. He, he was a very prominent, in brackets, Swedish botanist. To, to name this shit after him. <laughs> <laughs> or you know to, to compose it in his honor <laughs> i just know somewhere in my life right if anything is ever going to be named after me it's going to be something shit like that right <laughs> <laughs> actually likewise. do you know what a master oh, will he ever listen to this no i don't think he will okay i can admit this then in confession time <laughs> so about three years ago one of my good friends decided i don't know why okay mm-hmm. to paint a picture of me for my birthday dressed oh, wow. as the doctor <gasps> wait as which doctor uh who was it i haven't got it anymore so oh, that's my first confession my second confession <laughs> is is that work of art is out there somewhere because i gave that to a charity shop so <laughs> <gasps> Oh wow! <laughs> but honest to God, I—I uh, I mean, I looked like Adric. I, I didn't look anything like me. That's incredible. I love it. So at least, at least I'll be remembered. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to be hung up in someone's house somewhere long after I'm gone. <laughs> I mean, you understand that at some point, someone will, you know, inherit that work of art, <laughs> and they will do a lot of research a lot of detective oh, work no. to try to trace the origins of that work of art i'm gonna take this to an extreme come now. across this episode i'm gonna take this to an extreme imagine if the yes. entire earth was wiped out in like some radioactive you know yeah, that, yeah. it's a waste alien archaeologists on earth only that painting that is the only artifact that survives and they have to try and figure out the entire culture of the earth around that dreadful painting of me yeah, yeah. We believe that it all revolved around this character, Dr. Adric. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> uh, oh, dear. That's pretty good. So this is so this is all very... Um, all the running around, all the action. Uh, this is all very The Avengers now, all of this stuff. And yeah. let's be honest, th- there isn't really a lot of Doctor Who like this that's kind of action-heavy and pacey and... For for a very good reason that they didn't really have a lot of money, so they couldn't really do action very often. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But okay. well, certainly, certainly not with the fourth Doctor. With the third Doctor, I feel like they spent all of their money on on cheap action. I mean, they they, they had a lot of good sets as well. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from the third Doctor era, but there's, you know, they, they had a hovercraft and they had yeah. He was just like jumping around and kicking people. Like, yeah, know, if you remember I, in those in those it. early John Pertwee ones, they had like you know huge numbers of soldiers. They did a raid on a prison. Yeah. Well, they, I'm telling you now, my friend, they went so over budget <laughs> that they they weren't allowed to use that action company ever again. Like after the oh, second no. season. <laughs> I've got a big question for you now, then, um, okay. because I I honestly don't know how you're going to answer this. Okay. With Doctor Who, it's obviously um, it had its period in sort of the '90s after it was cancelled, where it was a bit of an embarrassment, and people really talked about it quite disparagingly. Yeah. Now it's come back, and I wouldn't say it's in vogue, but it certainly has a following and it's fairly popular. 
Yeah. Would you show Doctor Who? Would you show this? Because, you know, you say, oh, yeah, okay, I'm doing a Doctor Who podcast. Great. Okay. Well, then I'd like you to show me a Doctor Who story to a complete non-fan who's never watched Doctor Who before. Would you show them this? Okay, so I'm. It's it, this is in no way rehearsed podcast land. I, I I cannot believe that you asked me this question because today, I kid you not, today I sent an email to someone I met through work. Okay, like a, effectively a client, and uh, it, we had a nice call last week, a few days ago. So last week Friday, and uh, we were meant to talk business for an hour. We talked business for half an hour. And we talked sci-fi for half an hour. Oh, okay. And uh, and the only reason for this was that, it, like, it just like you know, uh, so much of anything in life nowadays because of the pandemic, it was conducted over Zoom, and uh, and so we're both in we're both at home, and uh, on her side of the camera, I could see a Star Wars poster, and there was a poster oh, of Sheldon right. from Big Bang Theory, and there was lots of other stuff, um, and you know, we just have a little conversation. And she goes, well, wait, hang on, wait, you're into sci-fi? We're, we're talking about Star Wars and whatever? I go, yeah, wait, hang on, let me show you something. I show her the TARDIS that's in my garden. And she goes, Jesus Christ! So we just talk about this stuff. And she had never watched Doctor Who. And I made a promise. This is a work relationship, right? Like, I need to make a good uh, impression. So I, I still made a promise to introduce her to some Doctor Who. She asked me to do this. And today, I sent her that email, and I recommended four episodes... <gasps> Two classics, two new. Oh my god, which ones? <laughs> <laughs> they were City of Death, Brilliant. which classic. They were City of Death, uh, and I wrote a little like one-line synopsis of either one of them, because it's like, I mean, City of Death is so fun, it's whimsical, we talked yeah, about it a yeah, moment yeah. ago. It's, it, you cannot be introduced to Doctor Who through City of Death and not love it. Like it seems like this is this is your crack. I can't. Um, I, I refuse to believe that that person is out there that would watch that and not enjoy it. Go on. Uh, sure. Yeah, there, there might be someone, but they have other character defects. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other classic was it this. Ah, it was a this God. episode or the serial. Uh, <laughs> what are you, Stephen Moffat? Did you prepare the answer for this question before I even answered it? I don't know that how is, this that is, is happening. I, mean, I swear to God, like what, like three hours ago, I wrote the email. <laughs> okay, wait. What were your Crazy. two? What were your two new who episodes? Oh, the two new who. Oh, good question. Hang on. What were they? What were they? Uh, so uh, one was Vincent and the Doctor. Oh yes. Because Brilliant. it's such a heartfelt episode yeah. and uh, whatever. Like it, you, you, I don't have to convince you to no, love Vincent the, and the I mean, Doctor. You have a heart. One you love best. it, obviously. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and the other one was, and this is where we will probably just, <laughs> I, you, won't, you won't agree with me on this oh, one, God, but God, the God. reason I put it was uh, <laughs> I needed something that was standalone, okay. that wasn't with the same doctor. Yeah. I didn't want to go with, um, well, it's not that I didn't want to go with Capaldi. We are reviewing Capaldi at the moment, but I was kind of hoping that that this client that she would kind of dip into who back when and she oh would God. get into Capaldi. Keep giving me hints and I'm going to guess it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, here we go. Donna Noble is in it. Oh, okay. Standalone, did you say? Standalone. Okay. Okay. Uh, it also features a, a connection to a cultural icon. The same way that Vincent and the Doctor is, you know, 
I know, I know, I know, I know. What is it? What is it? It's the unicorn and the wasp. That's correct. Well done. That's that's a great choice. And do you know what? What you've done there, (laughs) you've got, um, you've got like a historical, you've got a comedy, you've got City of Death, which is like, like a drawing room comedy, isn't it? Very light. And you've got like an out and out horror. Yeah. Let's hope she watches them all. I hope so too. Leon, I, Leon <laughs> I'm going to ask you back at some point to do another one of these and I want to know what she thought of oh, them. Oh, happily. 